Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Kyle, Kathleen, and Jimmy. Today we're going to be covering Season 7, Episode 6 of the CW show The 100, entitled Nakara. And guys... This one had a couple of highs and a couple of lows. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Brian. You know, we always post on Bingetown TV Twitter account. You know, we want to know what you guys think of the episode. Uh, so I actually didn't get a chance to post it last night, but we still got a good amount of votes, enough to talk to you guys about it today. Um, we had awesome, pretty good, eh, and good at times, bad at others. You know, and that personally would have been my vote. But we had 40% of our fans, of our fans, of the fans said awesome. 33% said pretty good. 14% said good at times and bad at others. And 13% said eh. I would say that was, well, the general vibe of this table specifically is that it was an episode of highs and lows. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of stuff to like and latch on to. And there was a lot of stuff that I think we are going to rip to shreds. Uh -huh. today. Shout out my pretty good gang, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. good. I said good at times, bad at others. This was one of the corniest this season, for sure. It felt like a couple CW lines, like right. Nyla oh, yeah. randomly yeah. saying, like, back to pretty back. cool, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, no. Yeah. But, I mean, the season's really good, but this one felt filler. Yeah, but I will say... Five, the first five were almost perfect to well, me, yeah. so. One of my favorite moments of the entire season is in this episode, so that's probably why I was pretty good. I and I completely, I completely yeah. retweet that, and I know... We're going to cover the Ooh! crap out of that later. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited for yeah, it. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he went for it. I love it. Uh, but we 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 started off with a high point. Um, and Jason, Jason agreed it was one of his favorite scenes of the series, he said, right? Yeah, yeah he's saying of, of all time, the first five minutes of this, which is the Dioza stuff, is some of his favorites. And I agree. It's it's It also feels different. That music... They've, I feel like they've been using a lot of actual music, and I know like radioactive has been a theme. Yeah. But for me, when I think of the hundred, I don't think of actual music in the background. When is the last time they've used radioactive? They only they've used only it, like, used it yeah in the beginning. I'm saying only early. Right, on. but I'm saying like oh, okay, when I, I think you. of the show, like I have shows where I specifically listen or watch, and I'm like, the music is awesome in this show. The hundred is not one of them. They're, but they've used radioactive three times. They use it very well and artistically, and obviously sparingly. I. Uh, one scene sticks out to me was Murphy when he was in the lighthouse by himself and he was listening yeah. to records and he was just like kind of doing his Spinning thing. Spinning out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just nostalgic you know way We've back We've mentioned when. that Murphy in the lighthouse multiple times yeah. in the past, whatever, four or six That's because we're a good podcast. And we love Murphy. We'll talk about Murphy. All of the above. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. But yeah, so this first scene was Dioza to a backdrop of, you know, kind of like a... I don't even know what genre song, like a alternative rock song, yeah. and she's just like kicking ass in Bardo. It's showing how she got uh, captured by them, and essentially they were trying to take her memory, and she, being as resilient and badass as she is, mm -hmm. did not let them do it. They said she was actually using pain to block them from stealing her memories, and there's like a little needle that gets inserted yep. in the back of her neck, and she was just repeatedly stabbing herself with that needle while her, she was restrained. It's her temple, isn't it? Was it? I don't know. I Even better. Be I, don't know. I, thought I, I, I thought it was her temple. I okay, there you go. Either temple. way. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's her Navy SEAL training. I was going to yeah. say, she's trained for that, man. She's such a badass. She honestly, I hate to say it, but she put Octavia to shame in this opening sequence. She did, and 
the scene with her tricking him, like grabbing his neck with her teeth and pulling it out, like she actually had to have done that, right? Like grab like his neck skin, like like unbelievable. And also the fact that she takes the spoon and lick and like mm-hmm. cleans it off first to get the eyeball out. And I'm like, Badass. absolutely insane. Like blood still in her mouth, most likely, just crazy. Dios, I. I've been wondering since we first got introduced to Dioza two seasons ago, like what their original plans for her were, and if she was one of those characters that they just couldn't kill off because she was just so good. And I think like she was very hateable when we were first introduced to her. And at this point, she's one of my favorite characters. Agreed. I'll say that about a lot of characters, but I really have enjoyed Dioza, especially this season and last season. Well, it's yeah. funny you say that because this is only the second episode Dioza's actually in. Like, we've been dying to know where she is. Mm-hmm. At, leading into this, it's like, okay, Maddie hasn't been around, but that wasn't really a question. Where's Dioza? Where'd she go? Where's Bellamy? And where's Gaia? Those are Now we still don't know where Bellamy and Gaia are, but finally the Dioza is like, okay, where did, where did they put her? But I the think- one problematic thing I thought about this opening is why did you throw the eyeball on the ground? Like, you don't know how yeah, many doors are reckless. coming up. Like, just yeah. one, Especially you're what she does a trail. at the end of the episode. Like, what, what she yeah. does at the end of the episode versus oh, how yes. the recklessness in the beginning doesn't yeah, match Yeah, I'm but like, get that eyeball. She was feeling herself. Yeah, mm. I know. You might need it, though. I don't know. Yeah. So these the scenes that we get in Bardo kind of, they don't span that long of a time range. They kind of flow together. Obviously, there's other scenes in the other settings of the show in between, but the next scene is still Dioza by herself, essentially assuming the identity of a disciple. She stole the guard's uniform and is just walking through the hallways, and she gets recognized by three fully decked out Bardoans or disciples. One of them, they kind of make her arch nemesis. Right, right. 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 Which I liked a lot. I thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah. When she starts counting out. She the was counting yeah, the strikes. Well, I, so I really liked the reunion between her and Hope. Just the, like, like Dioza sprinting at Hope after she throws the knife. First of all, Jimmy, literally, we watched all watched it together, and Dioza stabs somebody, and then Jimmy goes, throw that knife, baby, and <laughs> throw she just threw that knife, knife right, yep. and it was perfect. <laughs> that was sick. I knew but, it was coming. So I I loved, I need that reunion, like, for my heart and for my soul, and I'm glad they're together. I think we're going to get an actual better heartfelt reunion when they're not so panicked and need to get somewhere, but Dioza sprinting at Hope was awesome. I was like, she's going to jump up and drop kick her with both feet. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is epic. Complete attitude change, too. I mean, she was on a, what an adrenaline high, like yeah. just killing people constantly, right. and then just like seeing Hope's face. Have we ever seen an example of Dioza's like fighting ab- abilities like we saw in this episode? She was pregnant. So. Yeah, not really in that context. I mean, shit. That's a good point. She was looking like Octavia esque. Like, there was. <laughs> You know, it's crazy. They hyped the, the Disciples up as, like, warriors, very trained yeah. warriors, and I feel like they've been pushovers. Like, Bellamy's been able to take out a few, and he's not trained officially. Octavia took out, like, ten or so. There's See, They hyped them up me as Me and Brian very... are on the same yeah, page here. I, I had I to get talked, corrected. I yeah, them, I got yeah, corrected. Apparently, when they were up in space, you can finish. Well, I was going to say, up in space, all they did was train. Echo, Echo trained, Echo trained him out of all fight. of them in fighting. That's why yeah. Octavia literally says you fight like Asgata. To Octavia says that. Yeah, too. I I feel that. But these people, okay, you assume a twenty year old disciple who their whole thing is their entire lives are 
being oh, trained I totally in warriorship. Agree that yeah, they should yeah. Be. I don't think they should be so easily be able to be taken on like four v one. hundred percent. Maybe by Dioza and episode. Octavia, but like Bellamy should not be able to handle more than one. I agree with that. That's, That's where I'm at yeah. personally, and I don't know. I feel like I've been okay with some of the plot holes that you guys are not okay with. This is the one that's sticking with me, though. Sure. And I'll, yeah. I'll die on this hill, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah. one way to maybe explain it is who tells us that they're all warriors? Orlando? Yeah. And Orlando is a very devout disciple, and I think maybe, like, they're all warriors for the shepherd. Like, they all live and fight for the shepherd, but maybe they're not all, like, So you're saying warriors. it could be a metaphor. Yeah. He's using it as Like, a how they live their lives. Do you guys Maybe. think that you could become warriors? Like, I... Yeah. With enough training? Yeah. Dude, I was in space for six I mean, years. Jimmy is, like, a karate champion, so... But, like, me? I don't know. I think I would just be like, ugh. Like, I don't Blood. think I could. You don't think you could be a warrior? Kathleen's I making faces would, over here that our listeners cannot see. I but. would <laughs> love to be a warrior, Okay, well, I let's, hype, let's play the hypothetical game. The four of us are trapped on a spaceship for six years. Jimmy is our trainer equivalent that echo would have been to bellamy you know you don't think you I would kyle so. and myself really could would. learn how to handle ourselves oh i believe you two I can could mold definitely guys you <laughs> we'd literally be like third degree black belts by the Damn time right. we get out. well that's anyway anyway i, like I think it's funny <laughs> that i mean so you said you liked the reunion yeah yeah this is what i want i was on the other side because i didn't i thought the scene fell completely flat thought it should have felt very emotional but for me it just they didn't react the way that i thought they would in terms of like what they were saying obviously uh dioza is in a little bit of shock she hasn't seen hope since she was a child and now hope's a grown woman yeah and octavia obviously isn't feeling great because bellamy's now dead quote unquote and she's just been like mind tortured for yeah and then Dioza even kind of feels the tension and the weirdness and looks at Echo and is like, what's up with her? Bellamy's dead. It just, I don't know. For me, it just, it, I didn't like it. I totally agree, but I think this is one of those moments um, where we're going to get it in another episode. Yeah. Like they just didn't have enough time this 100%. episode to deal with it. Yeah. Kind of like the Clark and Raven stuff. We wanted, what we got this episode, we thought maybe we were going to get last episode or the episode before. That's a good point. After yeah. Raven I did even, like, bad thing. I have in my notes, I just said that Echo... And Bellamy's death kind of ruining the mood of the scene. Echo is dead inside. Yeah. She, she has really nothing but behind those eyeballs. She's got nothing. I'm surprised at how quick they are to believe that Bellamy's like dead. He's obviously not dead, but they're all just like I, Don't I they know, know that Bob seems... Morley signed on for like enough episodes? They, you, would, <laughs> you would think that Echo would know that. Don't you think that? But anyway, it, personally I like the reunion. I'm I'm with you, Kathleen. I think like they were crunched by the time of their circumstances. Like they had to deal with escaping Bardo. They, I don't even think they were expecting to run into Dioza, so they were surprised by that. And then they said, "Okay, we got to get out of here. Like you're with us now." So I think I if okay anything, Hope's reaction should have been a little better. It's been 20 years for her. For Dioza, it's been two weeks. Yeah, I mean, Fuck, that's a good point. Yeah, and also, again, like you said, at first Dioza's got to realize it's Hope. Yeah, you know, Hope should have known, or, or I guess did know, but. Should have gave some kind of, you know, facial, you know, something right away. Like, oh, that's, there's mom, you know? But I, I mean, was her still, mom also still... did just throw a knife into her face. Right, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That was crazy. Yeah. I told her to throw it. I really liked the scene, honestly. Yeah. I, I liked the knife throw. It, it was just the emotions of the scene great. 
fell flat for me. I feel like I didn't feel it. I wasn't getting goosebumps, this chills, e- none of that. This episode, they definitely weren't trying to focus on the Bardo gang. I, th- I feel like they allocated a very limited bit of time for these scenes in Bardo, and I think they... I like the scene. But moving right along, um, the next time we see them is them trying to get into the stu- into excuse me the room that supposedly holds the anomaly stone because they're trying to escape, and they run into who else but Levitt dressed as a janitor. Conveniently, hmm. dude, Conveniently, I started right? cracking up. He's ex- just standing there quietly, just mopping the floor while they're like trying to make this big decision. That's the exact that was right place. Exact right Very time. suspicious What, are you, what are you trying to say here, Jimmy? Are you trying to accuse Levitt of something? Listen, I said I was going to marry the guy last week, so. Yeah, it's either lazy writing or, and, like, I think there's a bunch of conveniences, which we'll get to, like, the anomaly stone just so happened to be in the stomach of this rock creature thing right when they needed it. Don't like, even get me started on right. that. Right, so there's a bunch of conveniences, and it's, le- and it's more of, okay, is this the CW kind of just being a little loosey-goosey with, this or is it if anyone wants to jump in with Levitt actually being bad yeah I mean I think there's serious credence to the fact that he could be bad because you think about it he is essentially one of the top psychological I don't even know what to say masters for lack of a terrible term yeah but he knows how to manipulate people's psychologies that's what he does that's his role in the society and he could very easily do that to Octavia. I mean, he turned very quickly. It was 12 days. I mean, granted, he watches a large majority of her life. But it's he's so, funny he's so one right crew. Yeah, my gosh. Get. We were loving him, man. Which is cool, we said he but... was us. I would never turn on them. Well, you know, it's funny because we're kind of like thinking about it as why would he help Octavia so fast? But we're like, he. He's looking at her live. He's us. We're watching him. And now we're like, yep. he's bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He knows. I guess this could go both ways. He knows so much about the disciple lifestyle. He knows everything you can know. He even says that out loud. So, like, do you trust his knowledge yeah. or is he so hardcore disciples so that I, he would do whatever it takes for them? I just want to clarify. You three believe that Levitt is playing double agent and is to his yeah. core yeah. on team Bardo. I think I don't that want there's a be, possibility. But, but yes I, or no, you believe that. Okay, the only reason I want to believe that is because I'm mad that Gabriel turned at the end and if Levitt is actually bad, it redeems Gabriel. Right. And when you say turn, you mean looks right. at him like oh well he's getting ready to run away, right? He gives him like a second glance or glance or are you talking about the actual well, turns like, so, on them so at the very hap- end? That happens yeah. in this and then he yeah, and yeah. The, gla- saying, the glance is curious. Yeah, the glance alludes the glance to the alludes, fact that he's exactly. going to distrust Levitt later. For the record, I think that Levitt is a total Octavia simp. I think that he loves what he saw in like the memory drive, and I think he's on team. I I think he's a good guy. Yeah. You Personally, know, it's so that easy. could blow up in my face, but I, lo- I love. Why wouldn't we think that? Because Dev turned fast, Orlando turned fast. You know, they, they love That's a really people. good point. That's Allegedly be- on Orlando. Yeah, I mean, how Orlando's strong so is this fucking disciple lifestyle <laughs> if all these fucking simps are just out here simping for fucking <laughs> Hope and Octavia? I mean, objectively, think simping. about it. We, we've described this Bardo culture as a cult. If you take a step back and look at what they're preaching there, even if you were raised in it, it's not an enjoyable society. You're told what to do, how to live, where to be, and when. And if this guy Levitt gets to see the point of view of someone just living the 
their life on Earth and doing crazy stuff like Octavia was, I think he would be behind that and support that and try to help her cause and her people's cause. He quivered when she touched his face. Yeah. Wouldn't you quiver when oh, you I, I, I did. quivered? Yeah. Yeah. I did quiver. The sexual tension was real. Even uh, if his if he, even if his intentions right. are to fuck them over, the sexual tension was real. He I I think Levitt is I'm just I'm one hundred percent on team that him and Anders Anders were just playing Octavia in the room. Yeah. Where like Anders is like, rack it up and he's like, No, it's gonna hurt her. All it's that like shit. every trope of I am going into this thing to play you, but I fell in love with you. Yeah, I don't want that. Right. I don't want that at all. Yeah. I just don't want there to be a double agent reveal. Yeah. I want Levitt to be just on Octavia's yeah. side from the get go. I'd I rather have them to end that. up together because I think Levitt would be good for Octavia. Yeah. I'd rather have that's me. Like some backstory of Levitt like questioning the lifestyle and like the actions of people at the top as he learns more, and then Octavia being the final straw more than him going Great. into the room. Being hardcore Bardo and then seeing Octavia and being like, oh, my God, look at this goddess. You know, I don't want that. So <laughs> to get back to the actual scene, when they see Levitt, they're about to go into the the anomaly stone room, for lack of a better word. And he Octavia recognizes him and he tells them that there's a dozen disciples waiting for them inside that will lay down their lives to try and stop them and that they should go out through the oxygen farm, which we've seen in previous episodes, and go out through, you know, a door in the corner that will take them out to the planet's surface. Uh, And he said that you won't be followed because it is not survivable out there. But he says for long, you'll be able to survive for a little bit. But doesn't give anything else. Yeah, like where would they go? What would they do? They're crunched for time. Our boys figure it out. The homies figure it out. I mean, if anyone's going to figure it out, Gabriel's going to figure it out. I believe Levitt's exact words were, it's survivable for you longer than it would be you staying indoors on Bardo. Like, you have a better chance fighting the elements out on the planet than staying here with thousands of disciples swarming onto your position. Like, you're going to die if you stay here. You got to get out. That's what I thought of it as. I mean, you're, I'm just going to jump right back to what Jimmy just said. That if anyone's going to figure it out, it's Gabriel's going to yeah. figure it out. But did Gabriel figure that out mean, yeah. that Levitt is a bad guy? Right. He wasn't even one. He didn't want to risk it, you know. So yeah. if Gabriel's not real willing to risk it, it might be on yeah. Gabriel's I mean, he side clearly there. didn't trust Levitt. Well, this also goes back to the fact that the point I made last week, why didn't Gabriel know about Levitt? Why? That's an that's such a weird thing to me. They're alone mm-hmm. on a planet for five years, and they and uh, Hope has this knowledge of Levitt and only tells Echo and not Gabriel. It's weird. I, I, if I'm Echo, I'm I'm trusting Levitt from what Hope says, but Gabriel will have. I mean, maybe it's best that Gabriel didn't know because now he's second guessing it. I don't See, know. now you're having me second guessing my, right. what I put down on Levitt because if my boy Gabriel doesn't trust him, he's yeah. the smartest exactly. guy on the yeah. show. That's the note I have. Is 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 Levitt bad? Question mark. Why would Gabriel do this? Oh, you're so right because I know in my heart, in my soul, that Gabriel is not bad. Yeah, know exactly. We know that he is the pure goodness of this show. So is Levitt bad, man? They just turned and Also, I, oh, I don't really understand thought. Echo's insult to him, Gabriel, this is, when he says we can't go out there because we don't know or whatever. And she's, she goes, he just wants his answers. Right, so she's trying to say, like, they want to survive. He just wants to be in that 
in Bardo to, to learn what he's been trying to learn yeah. forever. Okay, yeah. Right. Right. I'm thinking like he them. can find out some answers out fucking side. Yeah, like he doesn't care about them. He cares about his knowledge of what he like what he's been looking for for so long. The first watch through, I was furious with. We should probably get to that scene before we like dissecting it. So. To conclude this scene, Levitt's a janitor. He has a moment with Octavia where he says it was all worth it to have met you and to see life through your eyes. And then he says, now punch me and run. So it looks like she overpowered him. She rocks him. But he likes like getting hit by Octavia. A gentle, like, you know, brush of the cheek. So they have cute. a nice moment. And then they, like, sprint away. Everyone except for Gabriel, who has, like, a lasting glance at Levitt. And Echo says, Gabriel, come on. And then he kind of, you know, goes Files. with the group. Which takes us to the final scene that we get in Bardo. Uh, they're about to enter the oxygen farm, which is essentially just a giant forest that they have. And they run into an old man on his way back, unfortunately, from picking flowers. Bringing his like. wife some flowers, Yeah, man. boy, what a, what a crew to run into. And to jump quickly back to a point with the Warrior Society, is this man no longer a warrior? Or is he considered, is he lumped into, this is a warrior society, everyone's a warrior? How many symbols did he have on his face? Let's go back. This, this guy I was saw, not a warrior. So I saw, like, I did look at a picture, and, and it's, like, faded. Yeah. You know, because he's older, I guess. Not that I know what that he's means. But he's not important yeah. enough to get him redone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, okay, so who says Levitt? Which one of them say Levitt? Um, it is Octavia says Levitt. Oh, so, yes. so Octavia says Le- I loved this part so because it's just like they're all on the same page. Octavia says Levitt. Echo just stabs him and kills yeah. him. And then ever Gabriel's like, "What the actual fuck?" And Dio's just like said his name, yeah. said Levitt's name. Yeah, Dio's caught on right away. I loved it. I, I just like because. Well, they had no intention of killing the old guy. Dioza, oh my gosh, her face, she just puts her hand on his shoulder and says, no need to worry. Like, we don't want to hurt you. How do we get to the surface? And the guy's just like, whoa, what did I just stumble upon? You go out through the door, go up there, but you're not going to survive without these rebreathers. Um, and they ask about yeah. rebreathers, and essentially Octavia gets to the point where she says, I trust Levitt, let's just do it, and he gets stabbed immediately. And I do like what you just said. Dioza picks up immediately. D- he had to go. She said Levitt. We could still need Levitt. Because me, not a warrior and not, like, looking into that stuff, I was like, damn, why did she just kill him so fast? He's just a sweet yep. old man. So I liked that part. I'll but train I, you. I do want to add one last thing. Not last thing, but so uh, Hope's helmet looks at dioza and there's no information which is interesting because right. you get a shot of of behind the helmet looking at dioza usually when it looks at somebody it's got clark uh very important whatever nothing for dioza meaning she probably didn't crack at all in the mcap yeah that's a good point because why should give us two seconds of hopes exactly. you love her if they're right. not gonna it's not gonna mean anything and then i guess i'll say one more thing going back to levitt's a bad guy is that mm-hmm. He's a, he manipulates psychology. It's what he does. He's a janitor, mopping the hall. It's what he does. Bellamy was a janitor, subconsciously playing at Octavia, getting her to kind of weaken yeah, her heart. Like yeah, get into her a little bit. Possible, possible. I think they're doing all those kind of small things to try and yeah, draw parallels. I think so. I like it. Season seven, you got to do it. Last yeah, good season. point. Good point. I like it. So I just thought the obvious explanation for him being a janitor was like he he's getting punished for letting yeah. Octavia right. escape. That, that's what you would think. Why not go to penance? Okay, you guys are saying that's just the obvious. Charade yeah, of course. Of, okay. Yeah, okay. If he's going to get punished, they could just send him to penance. It's a weekend. Bro, it wasn't that bad what he did. He just got overpowered by a girl. I mean, he let them leave. 
<laughs> yeah, but they don't know he let them leave. I just so, want to say on the podcast that Luke is also here, just not mic'd up, and is reacting to everything <laughs> we're saying. So How do they not laughing. have fucking cameras? These guys fucking power their suits by their thoughts. They don't have cameras in the stone room. That's Bullshit. a fair point, Kyle. I will well, lend you that. So, Gabriel... Maybe they do, and they oh, watch true. the whole time. It was all planned, because Levitt's a bad guy. Gabriel Man. betrays our crew, right? And he does this insane, like, blue laser to bomb he, all these he people down. He stuns them, yeah. And then my immediate brain goes, okay, Dio's a beat up 18 people, and none of them could have just lasered her down? Anyway, next. <laughs> she would just dodge it. Yeah, true. So, yeah, she dodges the electrical uh, wave. Uh, so. Let me just say one one more thing. <laughs> is that me, Jimmy, uh, Brian, and Luke watched together last night. And uh, For the record, I didn't get the invite. And, and so I think I'm more prone to call out plot holes and things that maybe are corny when I'm surrounded by people rather than when I'm watching it just by myself and then I do the second watch because I love The 100. I don't care if it's corny or not. I'm obsessed with it. But the fact that my boys are sitting next to me, I'm like, I have to just call every single solitary thing out that doesn't make any sense to me. Trying to impress us? To impress you guys, of course. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, so Gabriel quote-unquote betrays them, but he he has a good reason. He says, like... this guy just said we're not going to be able to survive out there. I don't trust your guy Levitt. Like, I, it's it, the risk is us dying. It, I think getting captured is a better option than risking dying. Which that's a terrible decision to make. I it's agree. reasonable though. Yeah, you know, I think Gabriel weighed the options. He just said death is not an option. That cannot be on the table. There's too much at stake. We we got to just swallow this pill. And I think the show didn't allow them to get off Bardo at this second because I I think they're going to reconvene with Bellamy on Bardo. I think that's what it's going to be, maybe, somehow. Although I guess he did just go through a portal. Yeah. So scrap that. That was I all. Mean, I just think Bardo's endgame. I think Bardo, being on Bardo is where the final showdown that makes is going a lot of to sense. be, I think. Yeah. So you're right. You think? Yeah, I mean, they'll be captured. Oh, I thought the Bardo, I always thought the Bardo and we're going to wind up on Sanctum. That's what I was Disciples. Okay, only because that's where all the rest of the humans are, you mean? Is that what? Well, just because I don't think the Sanctum people would take the fight to Bardo. Like, they have the shield at Sanctum. Like, Yeah. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Could go either way, honestly. Once they get the information of what Bardo is, they're going to realize they're heavily outmatched. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's where I'm at. But that, any other thoughts for uh, the Bardo scene no. of this no, episode i'm all thought out boy and we thought that was going to be a quick one yeah we did <laughs> okay love it's bad um, <laughs> love, it, love, love it's bad, bad. orlando's alive <laughs> there you have it uh so anyway <laughs> uh our first scene in sanctum is where we're going is going to be indra who is walking with maddie and maddie is discussing or expressing that she's a little bit worried about clark and gaia indra is kind of talking her down um, we in a conversation with one of the one crew guards, we find out that the 50 guns that Indra and company have procured from kind of just the surroundings of Sanctum have been stolen. They don't know where they are. Um, and then Indra looks up and who's out of his cell but our friend Russell, a.k.a. Shade Hada. Let's just call him Russ Hada. Yeah, I think that's the best that's the Yeah, we're going to call him Russ Hada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Say it. 
I was going to say he thought he thought of that on the spot. <laughs> no, I didn't. I absolutely didn't. No, I'm just I absolutely kidding. didn't. It's a very logical way to get. What else are you going to call him? It is too true. Um, Shade Soul. Shade Soul? Shade Soul, just flip it around. If you want to call him Shade Soul, <laughs> Kyle, I'm not going to stop. I think I'm in. Yeah, Nikki Bang Bang stole the guns. We knew it. We know it now. She stole the guns. Yeah, so anyway, like. I didn't mean to jump the gun. I guess <laughs> you totally did. Yeah, though. you did. Boom, boom. Um, nope. But anyway, Inja, so Russell's out of his cell. Apparently, they've been allowing him like 15 minutes out of his cell per day. Yeah, like 10, 10 minutes twice a day or something. Was that what they said? Yeah, I... which seems ridiculous to me. But then Indra goes out, snuffs it out right away. There was She learns that the guard that was guarding him was like talking to him and essentially just lays down the law and reassigns the guard said he's not allowed out of his cell anymore nobody's to talk to him and she didn't say i loved this line she says from now on only tree crew guards the prisoner she didn't say one crew she said only tree crew we Mm -hmm. need people that we trust on this guy well i was gonna say it's honestly ballsy in general to have any of the grounders be a guard because why wouldn't russ hata just immediately be like slamming grounder speak and be like i'm shade hater what's up let's like you're on my side i don't now. think he's ready to show his full hand like that yeah. yet and sa- True. he knows that sangata crew is probably the only ones that's going to be fully sympathetic to his cause at this point um and that's why she said tree crew because i think she knows that tree crew would be knows that he's no good yeah. he also they- knows that he has time He's exactly. not. He's not going to get burned exactly. at the stake immediately. Exactly. He knows they had to figure some shit out between the Sanctumites, the children of Gabriel, the prisoners. Every there's a lot of shit going on, so right. he knows that he he has time to figure yeah. some shit out for himself. Um, it's funny though, because Shade Hata is merely a man right now. Like he has, he's a commander. He has the knowledge of the commanders, which is something that I, a line I liked is a claim only three of us can make, yep. which, which is what he said. Well, I really liked that. Obviously, Maddie Clark and himself. But he's just a man, and for some reason, in my head, it seems more supernatural or, like, more of a big bad. But he is just a guy with some knowledge, right? Just a guy kicks some fucking ass, dude. Yeah, that was a kick-ass, anybody. Yeah. That was a beatdown. Clark did have the flame, but she was never a commander. Yeah. Maddie had the flame. I never she was under his thumb the whole time. Basically. She wasn't a commander in the sense that, like, Alexa was the commander. Shade Hayda in his heyday was a commander. And yeah. we saw when he fights in a later scene that he's got the chops to be a commander. He's got, you have to assume, like, the the mental know-how. I mean, he's been under lockdown 24-7, and he already knows everything that's going on in Sanctum. Mm-hmm. Right. Russ Ada is becoming one of my most interesting characters to follow. We say it every week. J.R. Bourne, man. Props. Yeah, yeah. great actor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but to continue with this scene, Indra gets him one-on-one and says, the moment you stop being useful, I'll kill you myself. And he s- calls her bluff. He says, no, you're not going to kill me. You can't kill me now. He acknowledges that you know, one crew is split. And like you said, only three people have the claim to have ever worn the flame. And Indra, I can see right through you. You're you're worried that they're gonna follow me, not Clark, and not Maddie. And Indra is insecure about that, you know, yeah, as you she like should be, because, like I just said, you know, I think Shade Ada has a very legitimate claim to that spot as the leader of one crew. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> That's my thought. Fuck them. Um, 
But yeah, he says Inger should be scared. Uh, the next scene that we have in Sanctum is Murphy in the saloon, and he's actually talking to the father of the little boy that he mm-hmm. saved. Was it last episode? Two mm-hmm. episodes? Yeah, yeah. Last, last episode. episode. Right, from being burned alive. I love that Murphy did that, by the way. I'm not sure if that got covered in the last episode. Um, <laughs> He has a nice little back and forth with him where he says his name is Jeremiah. And he says, uh, why don't we go with Jerry? All right, Jer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he and turns right around. Yeah, Indra comes up and he says, yeah, why don't, why don't you let the adult... You know, let the adults talk, Jer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read a little note that just said Richard Harmon is amazing. He really is. I yeah. mean, he steals fantastic. every scene. Yeah, he's in. he, he has such good it. little mannerisms as Murphy that it just he encompasses the character so mm-hmm. fucking well. You know, I'm I'm sure he would like to be on Bardo or on on these other fun, crazy storylines, but he is killing it on Sanctum yeah. when they're not giving him very much. He could just deliver the few lines he has. Him and Amori are just like the fucking peanut gallery playing they off are. everybody else that's going that's on. So They've true. been such a great comic relief. What what have you been saying since like the first episode? They're like the best love story. Oh, yeah, the greatest love story of our time. Yeah. They, yeah. I'm starting I love to... to watch their love. Yeah, of course. Yeah, One hundred to each other. Just full in. Favorite people. But yeah, also, thing that I love is the little bar that they have on Sanctum. I love that little bar that they oh, all yeah. hang in and drink the Joe, Joe juice, juice and shit. Yeah, I just love that they all sit in there and chill and drink. I've affectionately uh, referred to it as the saloon, you know? Okay, it's just, I like it's just that. just their spot. Yeah, it's the saloon. Uh, but anyway, so Indra rolls up and asks uh, Murphy for help locating these guns. And he says, what do you know about that prisoner Hatch <laughs> and his girlfriend? He has some good words for Hatch. He says, you know, Machine Gun Annie and Hatch. Uh, what did he say? Hatch liked the money. Nikki liked the chaos. And Hatch is gone now, so they have this woman who likes the chaos and just had her husband taken from her. So he said, if Nikki has the guns, then we have a big problem. Yeah. So when they confront Nikki about it, Indra wasn't there. So Indra doesn't know how bad we screwed over Hatch and we really did. Nikki wants none of it. But Murphy knows. The minute she's like, you have a blood alteration, he's like, mm, I'm going to just maybe, like, you're right. He's like, yep. Hatch was a good man. Yeah. Like, hey, Hatch was, was a good man. He was a good man. But Nikki's like, fuck off. I want revenge. I want my husband back. Nikki doesn't know how it goes with our with our the hundred people. You know, people die when they get close to, to any of well, the Well, that's exactly Raven's line later when Clark says, we the people we killed were to save the people we love and she says well they loved people too and that is exact that is an amazing example mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. nikki and hatch we killed hatch hatch loved nikki nikki loves hatch yeah what are you gonna do um Yikes. and then nikki has quite possibly the best written line of the entire series where she says tell raven i said bang bang <laughs> bang bang so which, oh, which alleg- you just delivered that so well <laughs> which allegedly uh, we read on Twitter in the scr- old script was supposed to be Nikki says pew pew. Oh which my is god! The worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <sighs> Thank God it changed. They changed the if bang it was, bang. I don't understand because that's like her name, isn't it? Nickname? Pe- Obviously people, not a real name, but well, I people were con- like calling her that prior before, to this. I'm calling her what? Nikki bang. Nikki bang bang. bang. Oh really? Yeah, because I, I knew that before. That. So yeah. when she said bang bang, I oh, said well, that's that hilarious. Makes- that adds context to that quote. I like it. I'm in. Right. Nikki Bang Bang. Machine I, Gun Annie. I like that. When <laughs> yeah, Murphy yeah. referred to her as that. I liked at the end of that, Murphy looks at Indra and is like, and we thought Dioza was a handful. I'm like, so true. Yeah. Like, they just 
took people out of cryo and yep. they're just getting worse and worse. Indra and him look at each other, and there's, like, a second pause, and he just shrugs. That little Murphy mannerism shrug. Like, I, I don't know what to do with this, Indra. Yeah. Nikki, Nikki tosses Indra, not, I guess, not like a compliment, but she says to her, like, I know you call the shots around here or something like that, right? Because I have all my notes that, like, my girl Indra has clout. What a boss. I mean, she does. Yeah. Yeah. It's Indra, man. Yeah. Who's going to disrespect yeah. Indra? She just composes herself so well. She's such but a badass. speaking of this, I, I do want to talk about when Indra is talking to Maddie, I'm I don't, I'm not into it. I don't I agree. know we, why we she's got going another, to this child. We got another scene here. Yeah, yeah. go we, ahead. We got so another I, scene I to get it. to that. But yeah, so the next scene we have on Sanctum is Russ Hayda being confronted finally one-on-one by Nelson, the leader of the Children of it's Gabriel. Hot. It's hot. Um, Kyle, you want you want to get into this? I know you're a Nelson stan. Oh, my boy Nelson. So Nelson struts into the cell with a great line of, they search me for weapons, but not too well. Whips out a huge knife, like a beast, and then proceeds to get his ass kicked. So bad. Like a bitch. <laughs> so it, it's significant that Russ Hayda only had one good arm. Yes. And he kicks his ass. I mean, I guess he he has a good line where he says you're too aggressive because Russ Hayda knows that he's just coming at him pure emotion. Yeah. And Russ Hayda, nothing really phases him. So he quickly kicks his ass and then realizes that this man has a ton of emotion, a ton of anger inside of him. And immediately he's a mark. He knows that he can manipulate that emotion inside of him, which he proceeds to do. Well, he has some leverage. He he just has to get the point across that it's not Russell in this body anymore. And this is what, the first thing he says, like after the fight when he has him pinned to the ground, is "Don't be ashamed. If Russell was here, I have no doubt you would have killed him." And Nelson's like, "What? What do you mean? You are Russell." Um. So, Shade Hater just reveals, or Russ Hater reveals that you know I killed Russell's mind. Now I occupy his body, and I also like how he says don't tell me that gabriel didn't teach you guys oh, about yeah. the mind drives mm-hmm. i don't want to waste what time we have it's she just he condescends the entire oh my, conversation she is nelson's daddy at this point yeah it's, like, yeah. it's fucking sad oh i hate God. it nelson is beat now yeah Let's just say that he's i mean totally yeah beat. he's just kind of he beat him down like a little puppy dog he really did sad to see it was tough i think he's gonna be what in Russ Hayda's inner circle going yeah. forward. I'm glad I wasn't on the last episode with the bank he'll marry because I was totally going to marry Nelson and like talk mm-hmm. him up as like this loyal, strong man. <laughs> yeah. And then his first scene the next episode, he gets bitch slapped around and now he's just a lapdog. Well, Indra kind of shuts him down in the beginning. I think it could have gone two trajectories. Nelson kind of goes up to Indra in the beginning when Indra's dealing with the uh, grounders who are protecting or whatever, yep. Russ Hayda. And he gets shut down, so then he has to take matters into his own hands yeah. he goes with the point. aggressive yeah. emotions yeah. and then he gets taken Yeah. Over. I mean he's been fairly fairly reasonable. Sure. with the demands of Indra and one crew mm-hmm. of like staying calm, like not doing anything crazy and then obviously he just hits a breaking point. I think this is a good time to discuss so Russ Hayda kind of explains the mind drives to him, like mansplains it to him, kind of saying two minds can't exist in one body. I killed Russ Hayda, or Russell. So do we think that we kind of had a good discussion before this. So Shade Hayda was in Maddie for a while. So Maddie, while Maddie was living and breathing in Sanctum, he was learning everything there there is to learn about 
the factions, who these people are, what their culture is, etc. Do we think that while the seconds he was in Russell before he kills him, that's the only knowledge he has of Sanctum? Or do we think that he has somehow more knowledge? Because more so, earlier in the episode, Maddie is drawing the anomaly, which she's never seen. So it's kind of like, it all kind of ties together with why do either of these people know these things when they take the mind drive out? Does that affect what they know? It's because... Becca Promheda knew about it. Right. Well, we'll get no, into I'm just the... kidding. Well, no, I'm, I'm going... <laughs> My brain just exploded. Point. No, I so I have yeah. a point with that. If Do you want to talk about her drawing the anomaly now, or do you want to get to that when we get to that scene? I'm okay with getting it when we talk about the scene. Okay, okay so, so skip so, that part Yeah, and go so back right to... now, I mean, I think that pretty much confirms that, like, we asked a couple... I specifically asked a couple episodes ago, yeah. is Russell still around? And I thought... That he had all of Russell's memories, but I think that that confirms that he does not have I'll, Russell's I memories. just think it confirms that Russell's definitely gone. Oh, like, f- yeah. I think it was because he, like he killed, like, then. the original Russell yeah. Lightborn. Right. I just mean, it's really fucking hard to pretend to be somebody else. It just is, especially on a different world. You're yeah. fucking a grounder on Earth, and now you're going to goddamn a, a moon planet somewhere yeah, else? Fuck. You think you could just... Settle in and be like, all right. Well, I'm I don't, he's here not too. trying yeah, very hard say. to play Russell. Yeah, he's like point. dropping very I articulate right. ground crew speak, and then he just played it off like Indra told me a few phrases. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's even, been um, sassy. No, yeah. I mean, even yeah. when he's though. definitely not trying to play Russell. Even when he went into the uh, place where they were get where Murphy was getting held, he's just showing his power and his mm-hmm. strength. He's not. Okay, I agree. But for a whole few episodes, he was convincing Trey and Alyssa to do things. No, I, I'm fine. I understand yeah, but those that. Those people, people that love you that much, aren't hard to convince. They're fanatics. I think, yeah, they're just gonna follow him. I'll take that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think just my my personal take is, yeah. I mean, he was he was basically Maddie all last season, so that's True. more time for him. I mean, granted, she was kind of chained to a bed, but yeah, it's time for him to learn things more than just being in Russell's body, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So wrapping up this this Russ Hada and Nelson scene, uh, Russell starts to maneuver and cater favor with Nelson uh, essentially says acknowledges that he's pretty sure that the Allegius criminals were the ones that took the guns. And then he says, you and the prisoner share an enemy and perhaps even the same goal. And that goal is to just gain power. Nelson tries to say he wants justice. He says it twice. And then shade Hata or Russ Hata says, don't make me repeat myself. Sit your ass down. You want power, not justice. Um, and then he finally says, you make allies with the murderers and thieves, and then you take out the enemy's queen. That's got to be Clark, yes? I mean, it oh, fades yeah. right into Clark. But right. is that too obvious? No, that's... No. that's but who else could he be talking about? Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So... The next episode is called... Or is it Indra, though? Well, either way, him, he's he saying I mean, take out one crew. Yeah. You know, that's what he's mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm thinking, he doesn't know what Clark's up to. Indra doesn't know what Clark's up to because Gaia never made it back. Because Indra's yeah. like telling Maddie it's okay, but in reality, she has no fucking idea what's going on. Right. That was yeah. a little tangent, but. Sure. We go with that Russ Hayden Nelson scene? Yeah. We are. Yeah, okay. unfortunately. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on, we have Maddie at school. Maddie at school. It's nice Yay. to see her at school. It is nice to see her at school. And there's a little. 
person who kind of looks like a young Jasper and a young Monty, and I maybe she's it. playing the Clark. You know, it's a nice pickup. I like that. There's some parallels, uh, and then Indra walks up, and real world hits real quick. So let's jump in. So she's drawing the anomaly. What do you guys think that means? Okay, so obviously this is going to be a thing. You know, it's been brought up a few times. It's the second time. We've I seen think it. first of all, I think Maddie's story right now is just weird. I think it's bizarre because. You know, I guess the whole thing, we were wondering, like, why isn't she showing up? And then they were saying, oh, she's unwell. Well, I mean, I guess you can say that now they're saying she was unwell just because Clark doesn't want her around anyone because she wants her to be a kid. But, you know, she just hasn't been around, whatever. I guess she's just letting her be a kid. She's drawing the anomaly, you know, and that's obviously not anything she should be able to draw, right? She, we're guessing that she's getting these pictures, these visions, or whatever she's drawing from ex-commanders still being in her head. Yep. Well, now we know that there's an anomaly stone. And who was the first On commander? Earth, On Earth, I'm sorry. Becca. Yep. Becca. And Becca, we're going to say, knew about it. You gonna say so, that? I'm gonna you gonna look say me that. in the eyeball and say I'm that? I'm willing to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, so if Becca is Becca's a commander in her head and she's going to draw the anomaly stone from Earth, I would say Becca knew about it. So, Brian, jump yeah, in. Yeah, I kind of want to go get into that. I just had a thought, and you you guys are going to have to indulge me. So what the flame was was just an improved version of this original AI that was Allie. It's Allie 2, right? Is it's Allie 2.0, it yeah. and the, reason, the thing that Becca did to fix the original Allie was uh, kind of make it so that the flame, which is Allie 2.0, merges with the organism that is – it is implanted into. So it kind of merges with their nervous system. So I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that once you have the flame in you, some of its knowledge and some of its, you know, predecessors, you know, information sticks with you. And I think that's what we're getting with Matt. I agree. Yeah. And that's why I think that if we're seeing that kind of stuff, I still think she's seeing the anomaly from earth and it's from Becca. You know, if Becca was the one who knows, and that's that's what I'm guessing. I buy that. That's yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I probably. I mean, we'll kind of get into it at the end because there's a nice little callback to what uh one of the seven members, Luke, has been talking about all season with the second Dawn Cole. Uh, let's let's just. Let's and I think we should save that to yeah, the end. Yeah, but there's a point it. that I'm gonna write down that I, I I'm gonna make. jump in really quick, and we can maybe cut this out, but. So when Raven, Raven didn't have the flame in her, but Raven was Allie for a second and all of a sudden could code out of her ass and like all this stuff that she wasn't able to do before and had all this knowledge. Why do we think Raven, the only person who took the chip, chip got this knowledge? Why do, this is a crazy question, but I'm just saying like Maddie, you're saying, you were both saying that Maddie has this knowledge because she had the flame, but Raven also got the flame taken out of her and now... If you recall, what was her um, mentor's name? I can't. Um, Sinclair. Blanking. Sinclair was literally like, "How are you able to do this now?" And she's like, "I, I don't know." I Did guess. she have the? Flame, she didn't have the flame. She didn't have the flame. Okay, there's only one flame, and that's what I said. The flame is exactly. An improvement but that- I, but I think it, it tracks with you that mm-hmm. Raven was able to keep this knowledge. After, Did she keep it? Like, oh, the- she could do a crazy amount after they literally took it out of her head. She the reason like her battling Allie in the season three finale on uncode was because of the knowledge she got through and taking the chance. End of season six yeah. too, right? And the season six isn't when she like gets Shade Hata and like uploads it to the computer, isn't she fucking around with that? Yeah, like, I could if be you way were off to base, rewatch but... the season 
I guess, wait. Yeah, it is three finale. It, they are blatantly saying to her, like, how do you? How can you do this yeah. now? Like, this is something you've never been able to do, and now you can do it. I never picked up that that stuck with her. I thought sh- that she was just always recognized as probably the best coder, best, yeah, I'll, most I'll, advanced. I'll rewatch that. and clarify on the yeah. next episode. I mean, residual effects? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it, Indra walks up to Maddie playing school, unless you guys have any more points about no, what Maddie was drawn. Indra walks up, and essentially, I actually have a full quote here. She says, listen, Maddie, Sanctum is on edge. Our guns were stolen, nearly 50 guns, over 2,000 rounds. I can't get them back unless all of one crew is with me. Maddie, we need our commander. I know you don't want this. I don't want this for you. And I love this part of it. There are forces at play here that are greater than our wants, responsibilities that we must yield to. Nobody understands this more than Clark does because Maddie says, well, what about Clark? What would she say? She's like, Clark would get it. Possibly a little foreshadowing, too, for the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like this at first mm-hmm. because my initial reaction was, why is Indra coming to, like, vent her issues to Maddie? Yeah, I agree. When they've been trying. I mean, I guess Indra hasn't been on Team Protect Maddie, but... Maddie is so clearly not the commander at this point, but I guess in Indra's head, she doesn't have a choice, A, and B, Indra still sees her as the commander, so she has that level of respect for her. Well, this is coming right off of the heels of the conversation Indra had with Russell, wherein Russell said there's only three people that have this claim, and in Indra's head, those are the three candidates for the next commander, and if it's not Russell, it's either Maddie or Clark. Clark's not there, so Maddie's the next person up you know yeah that's a great point in her head she's she's backed into a quarter that's her only right she's right right she's running out of time too she she can't wait for clark at this point she had maddie's really the only option that's why she's trying to level with her and treat her like an adult like listen maddie this is this is bigger than us like you you have to step up to the plate we don't really have a choice i wouldn't come to you if i didn't have to because i don't want this for you but you got to do this I kind of wish there was some sort of reaction going on in between the different groups being like, where are these people? Where's Bellamy? Where's Clark? There's no mention. It's more like, I think the reason we're so ick about her going up to Maddie at child is because if they were to say Clark's nowhere to be found, I, we don't know where she is. We have to just deal with this. I think it would maybe lead it better i don't know yeah i even had it like i wrote down it was a really weird juxtaposition with the like kids playing soccer scene right into like intro yeah. just unloading all of this stuff onto maddie yeah i think the big thing is like a lot of the issues you're saying from earlier at least are the time dilation stuff so time hasn't really been going for them it's not been that long you know so you know what do they think clark's doing they just said she's gonna go talk to our flanders right yeah. It's That's been a, multiple days, though, hasn't it? On both. Well, I mean, oh, I guess I it's don't at know. least the next day because that was nighttime oh, when they met point, up. Yeah. So it's at least saying, uh, t- just mentioning that Bell. It's been days for Bellamy, at least. Like right. people should be concerned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they mean, don't know where the fuck they are. Well, the yeah. only people that would be overly concerned with Bellamy are gone too. 
True. Yeah, I mean, Inger literally is like, I got to keep this shit together. That's what she's thinking about. I mean, she is obviously in her head. She's like, okay, uh, you know, where's Clark? How, you know, I hope she's okay. But no, right now she's got to keep this shit together, you know? Clark she, burned an entire place down. I think yeah. I would say, okay, where's Clark? She's yeah, no one's asking, shit. like, where's that blonde <laughs> yeah, bitch that burned exactly. down the palace? Like, <laughs> Exactly. I, I don't know. I get, it's, it is a little tough with the time dilation, though. Yeah, Because we, we got confirmation last episode, two episodes ago, that Bardo... Time on Bardo moves slightly quicker than it does on Alpha yeah. Sanctum. Sanctum, rather. So I guess technically, yeah, it might not have been that long. But Clark's the fucking main character. You're not thinking, like, where the hell's the main character at? Well, why haven't we been saying that for six episodes straight? We kind of have. Where the fuck's the main character, Clark? Where's she at? Andrew's like, listen, Maddie, the main character's not here. Yeah. I'm the fucking main character Due to now. Budgets, budgetary reasons. No, she was in it this episode. My goodness. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> we are about to get to... A great scene here, and we started off, it's Indra grooming Maddie and pushing her onto stage in front of all of one crew. Uh, you know, she's she's got the, the armor on, and she's, like, getting her hyped up, trying to get her to go out on stage in front of one crew and, you know, assume the role of commander. And Jackson comes in, followed by Murphy and Amori, and says... This isn't gonna work. Look at Maddie; she's terrified. Like she's not ready for this. You, this, this isn't gonna work. John Murphy, champion of the young and afraid. Truly, it's funny. I think that they didn't even need Miller in this. Murphy could have just stood in the way. Miller just seems. Well, oh, it's sorry, Jackson. 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 Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Doesn't Jackson. Matter. I don't like Jackson. Just not a fan. So whenever he's kind of in it, I'm like, mm, he's being very whiny recently. But yeah. Murphy Amore, was the Amore one. could have expressed the same concern that he did. Exactly. But, I mean, regardless, Murphy to the rescue. Yeah. And just his quick wit and, like, I know. he's being heroic on his own. Yeah. He didn't even need to get involved, but he does. He's growing. He took the words right out of my fucking mouth, too, when he basically said, like, Indra. Like, well, Indra breaks it down. This is the first time she reveals what she knows. She said, it's not Russell anymore. Shade Hada is in Russell, like... It, you know, there's this whole flame thing saying Gata crew would go to his side and then everybody else would follow suit. I've seen it happen before. We got to stop this. Maddie's the only option. And then Murphy says now, like, Indra, who's been taking charge the past few years? Uh, and he said, you know, me and Amori weren't in the bunker, but I don't think it takes a genius to figure out who was running things while Octavia was painting her face with blood. Like, Indra, this yes. is you. This is your yep. time. I love that part, especially because first watch, watching it, the scene with Nikki Bang Bang in the saloon when she mentions, Nikki says something like, I know you call the shots around here, something like that. And I was like, damn, like Indra really has been kind of the face of one crew for every political group in Sanctum. And I, I wrote down right there, I was like, Indra is my vote for Hayda right now because she has respect for the traditions. She's a face everyone knows. She's willing to do what's necessary. All caps. She's strong. Mm -hmm. She's willing to listen and speak before she takes drastic action. And also her being commander is a great way for her to connect with Gaia because they've yeah. been having various issues with their relationship. That's a sweet last one. I yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. So I was hype as shit when this scene started going down. When I started realizing, like, this is happening, like, the music starts to come in a little bit, I started getting goosebumps, I was literally well, tearing you, up. You were probably like Murphy. Murphy says, asked Indra, can we watch? She said, no. And then she walks away, like, badass, and Murphy's like, yeah, I'm gonna watch. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Hell Him yeah. and Amori kind of, like, shuffle in uh, behind her. But, yeah, then we get Indra addressing Wan crew, um, and she says... 
first thing she says is, there are no more commanders, but make no mistake, I am in command. Fuck yes, so dude. Dope. She just just commands the room. Yeah, Kyle Bryan, I'm assuming this is word. one of your favorite, this is the moment yeah, you're talking this about? Yeah, this okay. scene was when I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that I think this scene with the combo of the hallway moving into the room and everything that happens is definitely my favorite scene of the season so far. I Emotionally, holy shit. I was tearing up, goosebumps, like, standing up, like, hype as hell while this was happening, and then contrasting it with, I guess, you would think would be the most emotional scene is the Dio's at Hope reunion, and it just, like, that didn't True. compare at okay, all. Okay, I, I can, I, I understand that. Yeah. I loved it. All about it. What a speech. <laughs> Big so, speech. So, of course, it wouldn't be a good scene unless somebody opposed her just stepping up to be the commander, and we have Knight who is the voice of Sangata crew and says, you betrayed us. You lied to us. Now you asked to lead us to which she says, I'm not asking. I'm not asking. Yeah. bitch. I and love it. Knight unsheaths his sword. And then Indra just looks to her right, grabs this pointy spear thing. And she kicks his ass. Like oh. it was, it was no contest. It was like three exchanges. He's on his. Yeah. It, it was awesome. It was, it was just unadulterated awesome an ass kicking it was a true ass kicking yeah and then i mean even to add salt onto knight's wound she walks away turns back disgustedly looks down at his body oh she's got a full monologue yeah yeah okay again go ahead i want to live it again we are one crew not separate clans we rose from the ashes of the bunker and flew across the stars to find a new home there are threats here that will defeat us if we fail to remember that and then as she's walking away, she turns back and says, Knight, you're in charge of getting the missing guns back from the prisoners. And just, she rolls on out. Boom. So good. One crew is back. We got a commander. I'm in. I'm fully invested in yeah, this. Yeah, I, I, I love too. it. Obviously, there, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself when I'm talking about it. I love it so much. There, I am so team Indra as commander. There is no more flame, so... I'm I'm surprised this happened though. It's an obvious choice, and I'm down for mm-hmm. it. But my thoughts were Russ Hada was gonna take control of one crew because oh uh, well, I, wait and see. Yeah, so, it's definitely could still happen. And I agree, but Indra becoming commander of them makes it. I don't know how he's gonna. Well, you know what? Something now. that I just thought of and didn't even notice until now was Russell alluded to earlier that he's gonna maneuver to align himself with the Allegius prisoners who have the guns. If Knight specifically was put in charge of getting the guns back, he's gonna nice. be by himself dealing with the prisoners who are going to be dealing with Russell. He might not be having Indra with him while he's face to face with That's Russell. That's a really, so where really, do his really allegiances good point. lie? Um, that said, you know, that, that's just a point I Damn. thought. Damn, I like that. That's yeah, good. yeah, I that's like really that good. Too. That could be. A that thing. makes a lot of sense. Could be. A thing. And then, in the words of our boy Hatch, I mean, I'm with the guys with the guns. Ooh. Oh, what does yeah. he say? Yeah, yeah. that the was a little butcher, but basically, you get the point. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm gonna take the guys with the guns. <laughs> yeah, but then Clark's gonna come back, and as he said, the other guns. <laughs> the only way this Clark. thing works is if you're willing to pull the trigger. Oh, you better stop. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Clark, right? We good this? Yeah, that was our last scene. Um, so yeah, we are. Good to start on our Nakara arc, which I'm going to be honest, this is the arc that none of us wanted. They shoved it down yeah. our throats. We we dealt with it, you yeah. know. A point I thought about randomly 
was that the issue with this arc for us is that it just seems like they're just doing random shit. Filler. Yeah, because yeah. like they yeah. could very easily just pop to Bardo. They have the capabilities to do it, technically. So, so they kind of have to put them on this wild goose chase. To preface this, my rationale for them even including this was that there are how many planets in the planetary system? Are there Seven. five or six? I think it's six. And what they said before they made the jump was that they didn't specifically know which planet was which, and their plan right now is to just planet hop and see which one was the one they were looking for. So this was them just, you know, crossing out their options of places that they could go. Um, that's what I – and in the first scene, we'll get to it, but by the end of this episode, they have a better idea of how they're going to be able to get to Bardo, more specifically. Yeah. okay. So that's – they were jumping into the wormhole randomly to a planet. It happened to be this crappy one where nothing was really going on, and we're just going to have to deal with it. Something's yeah, I mean, going on. Nakara, I mean, we're obviously going to get into it, but the whole Nakara sequence, besides Clark and Raven and the end revelation, there's nothing to it that we care that I care about. Bro, <laughs> we have a good Nyla joke. <laughs> Don't okay. say the cool joke is a good Nyla joke. You about to say Did that? Did she tell any other jokes? <laughs> that was a good no it wasn't a good joke yeah, I, I can't I think believe this is that where made a lot of the corny stuff came thing. from and yeah. I think well, it's yeah. because Jordan comes along Jordan is cornball town like yeah. his first line this season was like I think I'm gonna bring in more than his morning coffee <laughs> like no yeah shut up Jordan I also I mean they the squad kind of gets that vibe with Jordan too because like everything he says basically gets shot down immediately yeah so they land on Nakara. Nyla says, oh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, and immediately they find a dead body. I think it's Miller. You know, someone steps on it. And uh, they find out that Nakara is an ossuarium, which is a word I've never heard. And it's a place that somebody else is storing their dead bodies. But they kind of brush off the snow and they see a symbol of it looks like a rising bird or something. And uh, I don't know, a phoenix. From the ashes, we will rise. But yeah, so they see this symbol. They realize that this is an ossuarium, and uh, Raven uses her bardo suit to locate the nearest stone, which appears to be located within a cave. So they go off to this this opening in a cave, uh, and that's all for the first scene. The next scene, uh, we're crawling happens? through a butthole. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, we not realizing that's what it is. But yeah, at the time we didn't know, but now we know the claustrophobia tunnel is a butthole. Yeah, <laughs> a nice little throwaway line with the. Well, I guess it wasn't a throwaway line, but someone asked, like, "What's that smell?" Yeah, it was Miller. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this really quick scene, uh, the two groups that we have get separated. Raven and Clark are split off from Miller, Nyla, and Jordan. Who shouldn't have been there in the first place, let's be honest. Like, how random did they feel? Yeah, they're gonna die. Nyla specifically. I would say two of three of them are going to die, and I will we've already covered that Miller has exhausted his his story arc and that would be a satisfying death mm. i think nyla is unfortunately just expendable kind of jordan i think is sticking around one of my notes is literally like they should have killed somebody this episode if they were going to make it worth it because they get separated clark and raver and raven are in one part of the tunnel and the other three i'm like that could close off and my view of the show would not change i'd be like okay cool i was three the good only- deaths. <laughs> 
The two things I yelled were, these three are going to die, and then, oh my god, are they going to kiss? Raven and Clark, they're yeah. going to kiss, they're totally going to kiss. Gonna kiss. Kathleen is yeah. rubbing off on you. <laughs> the whole community is. Everybody yeah. ships everybody in the 100 I know, community. I, that's it's, the best part. It really is. So that's really all it is for that scene. They get separated. The next scene we have is Clark and Raven having a long overdue heart-to-heart. Good acting, too, out from both of them, specifically Lindsay Morgan. Mm-hmm. And it's really emotional. So this is the scene we've been waiting for since... Uh, Raven, quote unquote, pulled the lever on Hatch and the rest of them, and then the eight Bardo people. So she killed. Mm, she said twelve people. I sent four people to die yeah. and killed another eight for good eight measure. For good measure. So that's twelve yeah. people she's killed in the span of like the A last forty eight. And it's hours. funny because even in her speech to Clark, saying like "you just go on business as usual, whatever it is," it still kind of seemed sh- like she was throwing shade at Clark, being like, "How the fuck do you just kill all these people and be Gucci?" With well, it? I disagree. I think that she finally had to do it herself, and she said, "How how do you like live with yourself?" I'm, I agree. I- I'm beaten. Like how how do you make it work? Yeah. Because she understands like. Yeah. Clark was her hand was forced to do these things, which she never experienced firsthand. And now that she has, she she understands that it was necessary to do, but she can't like deal with her own emotions. And she, I think she, it was a, a tip of the cap to Clark. Like, how how do you do it? I want to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. She uses the words, "My soul, my soul is fractured," which is that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. It that's a really pretty devastating hardcore. description of like a mental state. To which you said this quote. Um, Clark responds. By saying, the people we've killed, we killed to save the people we love. And Raven responds with, well, those people love other people too. You know, they had loved ones. What what makes us better than them? Clark doesn't really have a response to it, does she? No, she, no she's taken aback by it. But actually. I like, because Raven said, I could have welded it. I was scared. And I think that was the vulnerable mm-hmm. breakdown moment that we needed between them. Because no one admits that on this show. No one admits like, hey, I did this. Clark pulls a lever, and it's like, well, no one else was going to fucking do it. I had yeah, to do this. that's like her role Raven to was kind that. of the first person to be like, well, I could have fucking did it, but I was scared, so I sent this other guy to do it. That's, like, real. Yeah, because, I mean, Murphy actually tells her during that scene, like, go do it. You can do it. And yeah. she's like, no, I can't. I can't. I'm too busy pulling the, you know, keeping everything fine with the, yeah, the temperature. Yeah, she does say that. She's like, I'm controlling everything, yeah. which is probably true as well, and Raven's just beating herself up harder than damn in hindsight would we be that pissed if hatch continued to be a main character and raven got the axe that episode? i would have thrown the fuck up if they killed raven that way i would have thrown <laughs> up i need if raven's gonna die it needs to be something bigger than a random like radio yeah i mean that was a yeah. that was a random conflict that they yeah in. no it needs to be in the me- she's not gonna die raven can't die because they haven't given her enough to make her death that epic. Like, That's if, what you think. if Raven dies, there wasn't any peak for Raven, I don't think. And I hate to say that. That makes me sad, but I don't Shit. think. Shit. Raven's been a steady good character, I would say. She's like, up until recently, has been the moral compass of the group, at least one of them. Like, she's been the do gooder. I agree, but picture this Clark dying right now. Clark has done so many epic, insane things. If she does one last badass thing to die, it's like, that's our girl. But if Raven did it, okay. Right? Yeah, shit, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. w- sure. <laughs> okay. So, right, all right. So all right. Shit, I might have thrown up too then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
so the heart to heart they have it it's great um and the di- the digestive track of this organism that they're in just randomly shifts and not only are the two groups it shifts so that the two groups are back together again but also there's an opening leading right to the stone so it's all very convenient i i don't know i don't think nakara is going to play that big of a role in the in the overarching story no. um yeah. and our last scene of the episode and in nakara is them kind of trying to input the coordinates in the stone. Um, Raven is having trouble deciphering the map because she was attacked by that spider beast earlier and the the helmet kind of got all cracked and stuff. Uh, this is what, okay, this is where Miller finds. Yeah, Miller looks yeah, at dead body, I believe it's a body. There's a symbol on a piece of cloth. Which Nyla identifies yes. as the second dawn. Yeah, which is great. For us, because Seven Member Luke has been saying for at least four episodes now that the Second Dawn is going to come back and play a big part with the Disciples, the origin of the Disciples, how they got from Earth to Bardo, and, I mean, shit. It's validation right this, there. Confirmation. We've been getting closer and closer to this theory since we dropped it on episode two, I think it was, and... It's about confirmed at this point yeah. that the second dawn will be playing a part, like a massive role in this is confirmed. I think we can we can go down the rabbit hole and you know, theories go as far as Bill Cadogan, who was the original leader, is this infamous preacher that who killed Becca Bromhada. Yeah, that's being worshipped on Bardo. Who uh, held the original flame. What a right. So real quick, I'll throw the next theory out. We're gonna go back to Maddie. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to confirm here that Second Dawn is a thing. And who killed Becca? Bill Cadogan. There you go. So she, I'm going to go ahead and say that she was killed because she knew about the stone and didn't want to use it the same way that they did. Um, and that's just going to be my reasoning again why, you know, Maddie has that. You know, Becca knows about the stone. That's why she's killed. Maddie knows about the stone because she had the flame in her. And Becca was a commander. Just to clarify, this is the stone on Earth. And when Becca was taken out by Bill Cadogan, she had just landed on Earth uh, in the in the fallout of the nuclear holocaust, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of weight to that theory. Right. Vindication for Bingetown TV, I think. Yeah. I just want it like nothing. There's been nothing that's made me question it. There's only been things that make me want to believe it more. Yep. Agree. Fake podcasts are just now coming out with that theory. We were saying it weeks ago. Just going to say. Absolutely. So as we move forward, Raven finally gets the helmet to cooperate, and she identifies the the corresponding planet code of the insignia that we saw at the beginning of the episode when they first landed on Nakara and uncovered that dead body. This insignia of the rising bird. Um is identified in her helmet, and she types in the coordinates to go to that planet, which we can safely assume is Bardo because the dead body that they found had the tattoos on the face. So I have to assume that Squad is on its way to Bardo. Yep. Hell yeah. Hopefully them walking in all at different times doesn't have any implications. Hopefully they're on the same time dilation. I would assume since... They keep their dead there, that they travel there kind of, not often, but enough that 
if someone has to go and drop a body that they're not no. going to come back and they could just toss it through, right. don't you think? Yeah, just yeah, a little heave right, ho and just like a yeah. little what? No, because uh, then everybody troll would toss. be piled right the fuck there. But the digestive liquid, the I digestive guess, enzymes, yeah. yeah. Let me. I don't know. We I, don't know. I just want to say, moving forward, I I wrote down the crews and the different factions we have just because there's so many. So we have one crew, and then. Besides that, Clark and company, because they basically say, like, Clark and them are not one crew. They weren't in the bunker, et cetera. Right. So that's different groups. Children of Gabriel, the faithful, Allegius criminals, old extinct Bardoans, and then the second dawn cult slash disciples. There's so many different groups of people. Are it's we already calling them second dawn slash the disciples? Uh, well, I have Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have second dawn cult slash, in parentheses, those are the disciples. Oh, yeah. We're going same. all in on this. Yeah, yeah but there's, there's seven different squads going on right now one crew and clark and company should be the same but technically they're not well, it, i guess arcadians control. yeah it's just well, she, well, she she what mentions that murphy and amori are arcadians right because she says like the other arcadians are in there mm -hmm. like join up with them yep and quickly going back to what you were saying about the time thing i mean i thought that we established that the stone if you use the stone it doesn't matter when you go in, you're still going to show up there. You guys, sh they show up together when you type in the code, right? Mm -hmm. Weren't you saying you, you don't want them oh. to? Yeah. Yeah. Only if you walk into the anomaly. No, see, I was thinking, no, no, no. For me, in my head, the, the time dilation, if you walk in at separate times, it has to do with the literal time in which planet you're going to. If you're going to a slower or faster time dilation. Correct. That's yeah. why it took octet. Dioza experienced three months on Sky Ring between her walking into the anomaly on Sanctum and Octavia following her literally five seconds. Because later. they were going to a faster right, but I thought it's planet. different if it's using the stone. No, I don't think planetary and time dilation. I don't think it has to do. I think the st using the stone changes just the properties of how you're going and the healing of the arm and can you bring guns and all that different stuff but to me uh, no <laughs> i don't have much to say on yeah, that I'm, I, I'm honestly now that you guys talked about it i'm a little confused we can, we'll look it up no 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 we'll be good we'll be good um want to just stick a pin in that we'll do it we'll do our research and we'll we'll give you a nice stone breakdown on the next yeah, okay. episode that wraps up our nakara arc officially do we have any last thoughts on that no um i'm gonna leave you with i think we had two very good arcs in this episode and then one the nakara one that just kind of felt you know it had to happen um but yeah that's our episode okay well i have a mary fell kill for you guys uh, we're gonna do Mary Bang Kill Mary with Bardo, the planet? Alpha and Beta. <laughs> the storylines in general, you gotta. Oh, the storylines are the yeah. physical planet. No, like when Rick just impregnated that planet so in uh, season four of Morty. In this single moment. Wow. Okay. Um, I can start. And you gotta think about the people too. Yeah. We'll go with who's currently on what right in this moment, and. We're gonna say that Clark and them are on Alpha. Well, nobody's on Beta them. at this moment. Mm, that's a good. So, is it the storylines of the entire? I mean, it, it, sh it should be it should be Nakara, Bardo, and okay, Alpha. Okay, sure. Right, Nakara, yeah. Bardo, and Alpha. <laughs> that's hard. That's Gut hard. reaction is Nakara's gotta go, yeah. but that's Clark and Raven. Yeah, I agree though. Shit. If anything, this season has taught us we don't need them.
Sorry. Okay, I know what I'm doing. So I am going to marry Bardo because I like what's going on there a lot. Some great characters. Uh, some great fighting. So I'm down with that. Um, I'm going to bang Sanctum because Sanctum just rocked my world this episode with that injury scene. And then, unfortunately, I'm going to have to kill Nakara and let Clark and Raven go. Yeah, I'll I'll go, and I'm going purely by characters here. I'm gonna marry Bardo. Um, I, I knew think, I liked you, Jimmy. I think at this point, like Octavia, even Hope, Dioza, like they're doing it for me this season. You know, um, I'm I'm killing Nakara. I mean, it's crazy because I love Raven and I love Clark, obviously, but to me, everyone else is expendable. I want to prove that Clark Clark doesn't need to be the key, you know? Someone okay. else can take care of this. And then, you know, after this episode, I mean, even even character-wise, Russ Hayda is all J.R. Bourne, my boy, you know, I'm banging them, you know? So I'll bang I'll bang uh, Sanctum. Okay, so I'm going to kill Nakara because the storyline, you know, it was quick. It was nothing. I didn't really enjoy it. And, you know, I'm just going to kill that. I'll leave it at that. Um, I agree. Indra stepped up today as you know, a former tertiary character accepting this this main role and yeah, we don't need Clark anymore. Uh no, oh Kyle, you were offended by that. No, we do need Clark. We love Clark. Um I am going to marry Sanctum, aka Alpha, because that's where our OG one crew is from. We've been following them from the beginning. We have the chemistry with these people. I'm invested, fully invested in their 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 strife and their their problems, and also Russ Hada is low key becoming one of my favorite characters. So I, I'm I'm pretty into that, and I'm gonna bang Bardo because, like Kyle said, there's just some raw, passionate fight scenes going on yeah. there. We're having a lot of uh, big emotional reveals of characters being reunited. So yeah, I'll, I'll bang Bardo. Yeah, I'm going with Kyle and Jimmy, and I'm Ooh. gonna uh, kill Nakara. Although I. This entire time I was trying to think of reasons to not do it because of Clark, and you know I'm a Clark girl. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody is, but oh my god. OG Klexistan. So, oh, big time. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to kill Nakara. I'm going to bang Sanctum and Alpha because I love Indra and Murphy. They're so good, but I this season has been perfect for me, and it's because of Bardo, so I'm going to marry Bardo. There you go. I love it. Any last, uh, any last thoughts, or are we good here? Good. This was a passionate pod episode from us. A little bit of alcohol during this one. I think that <laughs> yeah, might have that'll, been something that'll always help. It. Just a dab. For the record, like I feel like I was trashing it a little bit, but I still love it even when there is some corny plot holes and stuff that we, we address. We critique it because we love it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's why we're covering the show right now. We love its little corny, quirky stuff. We yeah. yeah, we love it. And like me and Kyle said, this episode may have had the best scene of the season so you know i'm not going to throw too much shade on this uh but anyway guys we're going to be following season seven of the hundred weekly with a podcast after every episode next up is episode seven titled queen's gambit if you like what you heard give bingetown tv a follow on twitter and instagram and subscribe to our show on spotify and the apple podcast app once again we are bingetown tv and thanks for listening